All right, all right. Well, we are so glad that you guys are here. My name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal. We're in our second week of this series, Man Versus Wife. How many of you guys enjoyed last week? Any of you guys enjoy it? Okay, three. Okay, sweet. Um, man, I, I thought it was good too. You know, uh, it was really impactful, I can tell. Uh, you know, uh, last week we just talked about, you know, if we're going to have successful marriages, man, we've, we've, we've got we've to be committed to one another. We've got we've to make some commitments and we've got to do some things. And, it, and, and it was a, I think it was a really, really impactful uh, message. I know a lot of people uh, found Christ last week, had an experience with God. And so I want to encourage you, if you missed last week, really go to our website, check it out, listen to it. I think it'll be really, really impactful impactful for your relationship. Um, as we're diving in here today, we're going to be talking to the guys uh, today. And so there's a couple of rules. I just want to kind of set in some groundwork here today, if that's okay with everybody. Uh, the first rule is this, is ladies, you just got to be quiet today. Okay. I was going to say shut up, but I was like, that isn't very nice. So I'm just going to ask you to be quiet. What that means is that means no elbowing your husband today being like, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? You know, that means no getting in the car after service and being like, mm-hmm, he read your mail, didn't he? You better shape up. You know, I don't want to hear any of that because this is what I know. No man ever got closer to Jesus because his wife nagged him there. Okay. That's just straight up. That's just straight up. So I'm going to ask you just kind of sit back. Let this be a day that we talk to the men. And I guarantee this, this will help your relationship. So it's the best thing for you to do. Second thing we're going to do is, is men, is man. We're going to talk about biblical manhood today. And I know that that is not a popular subject because it's not an easy thing to live out. And if it was easy, we would all be doing it. But because it's difficult, uh, most of us shy away from that. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about biblical manhood and how we can really live that out and be men that God has called us to be. Uh, the third thing is that I want you guys to know is that I, I don't have this all figured out. Um, you know, I don't have this. Yes, thank you, wife, uh, for yelling amen. Um, <laughs> I got a peanut gallery here. It's awesome, you know. But I don't have it figured out. Um, you know, this is a process that I am learning as well. And so I'm not speaking to you um, as somebody who's got it figured out, I'm, I'm speaking to you as somebody who's learning along the way and I'm not speaking above you. I'm at the same level striving towards being a better husband, being a better spouse. And, uh, and I believe that today is gonna be really, really impactful. Whether you're married, uh, you're, you're single, you wanna be married. If we will apply, apply the principles that we're gonna learn, we're gonna focus on three commitments here today that I believe that if we focus on these three commitments, we will truly live out what being a, a man of God truly truly is in our lives. And so kind of the key phrase that I want you guys to walk away with today is this whole idea of no matter what. I want us to walk away and, and, and think about ourselves and say, you know what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be committed in this relationship. And so we're just going to dive right in. We're going to be hanging out in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, that's where we'll be. If you don't have a Bible, um, you can look on your, your bulletin inside there. There's some notes in there. The verses are in there. All also, you can check out the screen as well. Uh, we're going to be hanging out in Ephesians starting in ch chapter 5, verse 25. And the first thing that I really want to dive into is if we're going to make this commitment of no matter what, it's got to be no matter what you do. No matter what you do. As husbands, we got to say no matter what you do, I will love you and I always will. No spouse, no matter what you do, I will love you and I always will. No matter what you do. Check out Ephesians 5.25. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Let me just read that again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. 
Let's, let's just take a look at, at the church over the last uh, 2,000 years. The, the church is a pretty interesting thing. Can anybody agree with me that the church is a little crazy? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been around church people, but they are by far the craziest people that I've ever met in my life. You know, I mean, you all have met them. They're just a little weird. They're a little cuckoo. They're kind of like y'all, you know, and we're just all weird. We got, some, we got some problems going on. You know, I go and talk to people about Jesus and stuff, and they're like, oh man, I don't, you know, church people, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, exactly. That's why we invited you because we're all hypocrites. There's always room for one more. And there's always room for one more. But the church is a crazy place. I mean, there's just craziness that happens in church. I mean, you, you can even see it in the Bible. There's always something crazy happening. You can look in Acts chapter 15, right, as, right after Jesus left, a couple of chapters after he left, some craziness starts happening. The, the apostles are out there preaching the gospel and uh, people are getting saved and they're preaching this gospel by grace. And all of a sudden some people come up and say, uh-uh, it's not just grace that you're saved, but it's by circumcision. I don't know about you, but if we started saying, hey, you don't have to get baptized, but you do have to get circumcised, all the women are gonna be like, that's okay. But all the guys are gonna be like, whoa, 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 I don't know about all this church stuff. You know, that would be like a weird service, a, a, a baptism and circumcision service. That's just a little crazy. You know what I'm saying? Just crazy. Then, you know, the church goes crazy again. And, and what do they do? They go and have crusades and they're like, oh, we're gonna go kill people to show people God's love, you know, a little crazy. Nobody thought that that was a good idea. The Inquisition, what they did is they decided we're gonna set people on fire. You know, it's kind of that turn or burn. They were literal with it. They were like, man, you're gonna turn or you're gonna burn. And so the whole Inquisition, it was a crazy, crazy thing. You, you look at some, some other things. You look at uh, televangelists on TV. There's some crazy people out there, aren't they? I mean, they're out there, sow your seed and you'll be blessed and you give them your money and you're broke now because it's crazy that, you know, it's just, it's just weirdness, you know? I remember when I, my parents sent me to, uh, my elementary school was a Christian uh, school. And I remember one time in a chapel and I, and I didn't believe in Jesus or anything, but there was a, a chapel service where they invited this guy in to speak. And he was talking about how if you listen to rock and roll, you're gonna kill your parents and smoke marijuana. You know, it's like the devil. And so what they did is they, they grabbed some queen songs and they started playing them backwards. And it was, it was like, smoke marijuana, you know? And I was like, kind of freak me out. Listen, I love Queen. I've, I've listened to Bohemian Rhapsody and I've never smoked weed or killed my parents. I mean, it's just craziness. And Jesus is saying, man, you got to love the church. I love the church. You got to love your wife just like that. And the church is crazy. Can we all admit the church is crazy? Can I get an amen on that? You don't want to know why? Because we are all in it. We are all in it and we are just crazy. And, uh, you know, and after 2,000 years of just screw-ups and doing all that stuff, God's plan is still to reach the world through the church because the church is people. The church is people. Now, now, wives, can you admit that you're a little crazy sometimes? I mean, men, would you, would, wouldn't you say your wives are a little crazy sometimes? Don't say amen. That's, that's a bad thing. I mean, <laughs> crazy. I mean, think about it. A woman goes shopping. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, that is already crazy because we're broke. No, I'm just. <laughs> she goes shopping and she finds a pair of shoes. And she's like, these shoes are so cute. And she tries them on. But they don't fit. And she says to herself, these shoes don't fit. I think I will buy them. <laughs> it's crazy. And then she walks around all day in them and complaining about how her feet hurt because she's wearing the shoes. That's just crazy, isn't it? Okay, how about this? 
Why do we have 14 bottles of shampoo in the, the shower? I mean, what's up with that? Single guys, you don't even understand because you're lucky if you have a bar of soap in your shower <laughs> on a good day. And, and speaking of the, all the soap, what about the 87 pillows that are on the bed? Who uses all of those pillows and why are they there? It's just crazy. It's just craziness. Why does it take 20 minutes to tell me a five minute conversation? I don't know. <laughs> All the men are like, preach it, brother. And the lies are like, it's getting a little personal in here. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's getting personal. Listen, listen, guys, I know your wife is crazy. I know she is. You want to know how I know she married you? I mean, that just explains it all right there. Just explains it all. If she married you, she's got to be nuts. And this is the deal, man. I mean, in spite of all that, Jesus says, you know what? Man, love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know why Christ loved the church? Because he loved the church, not based on their performance, but their position. And love is not based, love is based on our position, not our performance. And men, so many times what we want to do is we want to base our love on her performance rather than her position as our spouse. We want to base it on, on what she does because here's the deal. We all bring unrealistic expectations into our relationship. We all do it. We all bring these unrealistic expectations and we yell at them and scream at them and we tell them all these things when they don't meet those things and we got to recognize that at the end of the day, we are called to love our wives as Jesus loved his church. And Jesus loved his church so much that he gave his life for it. He gave his life for it. And he said, you know what? Even when you're at your worst, even when it's the worst possible situation, you know what? I never tapped out. I never gave in. I said, I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. No matter what you do. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to go through that. And here's the thing, guys, so many times because we base our love on their performance, we don't give our wives permission to fail. We don't give them permission to fail. And then one of the godliest things that we could do as husbands is say, you know what? No matter how bad it gets, no matter how screwed up it gets, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you no matter what. No matter what you do, I'm going to love you. And I always will doesn't matter how crazy you are. doesn't matter what you say or what you do. I'm committed to you because Christ was committed to the church and he gave it all. And I'm going to choose to do the same and I'm going to give it all. No matter what you do, I will always love you. Second thing we got to do is no matter what it takes, no matter what it takes. Still in Ephesians 5, 25, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and gave himself up for her. It says, and gave himself up for her. Man, we are literally called to give ourselves up for our wives. We are literally called to, to give up our wants, to give up our desires, to give up the things that we are passionate about for the needs of our spouse. And I don't know about you guys, but at, at my house, um, the remote control is mine. Anybody else, any men want to admit that the, at, the, at your house, the remote control is yours, you own it? Anybody, any guy out there? Okay, how many wives... 
should have their hands up for their husbands because he's just not admitting it. You like the remote control, that's holy ground. A couple of you guys, okay, maybe it's just different at your house, but at my house, like that remote control is mine. I wanna watch something, I'm gonna watch it. Oh, well, you know, and, and one day I came home and Sh Shayla had the TV on and that's okay when I'm not at home. She can, she can use a remote control, you know. <laughs> we allow that at our house. And, uh, and I came home and, and she was watching The Bachelorette. And, and I don't know about y'all, but no guy on the right mind should be watching a show like The Bachelorette. If you do, that's just not cool. I mean, that's just not manly at all. And so she was watching that and I kind of just walked in and I grabbed the remote and I just changed the channel to Sports Center. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm changing the channel. She's like, why are you doing that? I was watching that. I was because I don't want to watch The Bachelorette. I mean, who watches The Bachelorette? And she's like, out of all the times I've sat here and watched football and baseball and, and basketball, I, I just want to watch this show for 20 minutes. And, and I literally, I had to lay down my life right there. I mean, I was sacrificing <laughs> for my wife. I didn't endure like 20 more minutes of The Bachelor. I mean, it was, it was literally hell on earth. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. It's like purgatory or something. I don't know. It was just bad. It's just bad. And, and uh, maybe that's not a good example, but, um, you know, we got we to gotta lay down our lives for our wives. I, I do have a better one. I was, um, I'm a huge golf fan. I love golf. I love to play golf. It's my favorite pastime. If I can be doing anything uh, besides spending quality time with my wife, um, it would be playing golf. And, um, yeah, see, I'm earning points right now. And, uh, and, and so... My wife had been on me for a little while to come play golf with her. She's like, I want to go play golf with you. And I was like, oh, that would be cool, you know, kind of. You know, I, when, you're, <laughs> when you're a golfer, you don't really like to play with people that are worse than you because, I don't know, it's just not as much fun. You got to wait for them for like 50 shots. And, and so I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want to play golf with her, but she wants me to. And, and so I, I get to the golf course, and, and she happened to work there for this company. And um, I walked in, and a guy named Paul Azinger was there. And he uh, is, a, is a major champion on the golf tour, um, was the former Ryder Cup captain of this past Ryder Cup, who when the Americans won the Ryder Cup. It's a, he's a big deal in the golf world. And, uh, and he was there, and we started talking. He's like, hey, do you want to come out and play with me today? And I just made this commitment to my wife that I was going to play with her. But here I am. I mean, this is like a dream to go play golf with a PGA Tour professional who's a major champion. And he's like, man, well, let's go out. We can hit in maybe 36 holes, man. We got plenty of time. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to play so much better because I'm playing with somebody better. And man, maybe I'll even shoot even this time because I'm a, I'm a huge golfer. And then I remembered I made this commitment to my wife. And I was like, man, I would love to play with you, Zing, but... I made a commitment to my wife and I laid down my life. I mean, that was literally dying to myself in my desire to go play golf with Azinger. And, 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 and I mean, come on guys, how many of you guys know there is no way in the world I wanna go play golf with my wife that day? I mean, there are so many better options out there. But as, <laughs> wow, did I just say that? It's getting hot. <laughs> Sweetheart, we can just like Jedi mind trick right there. You guys all forgot that I just said that. Wow. Um, <sighs> 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 
Guys, we are called to make sacrifices for our wives, to literally lay down our lives. And, and so many times, I mean, I, I look at my life and, and I recognize that Jesus laid down his life at the cross and, and, and I gave up golf with Paul Azinger. Do I really want to make a comparison there of what true submission and humility is of, of dying to myself and living fully and completely for her? I mean, God laid down his life in humble submission so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And, and, and here's the thing. I have men all the time that come to me and say, well, well my, my wife won't, you know, she won't submit to my authority. Listen, I have never met a woman who had a husband who was passionately pursuing Jesus with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength that his wife did not want to follow his leadership. And if we will learn to lay down our lives and die to ourselves, man, our wives will humbly submit themselves and say, you know what, I'm going to follow you no matter what it takes because of what you're already doing, dying to yourself, doing what's best for me, making sacrifices here. And let me just say this, let me just talk to you single guys here real quick, uh, because I, I know I'm talking a lot to the married people, but the single guys here, let me just talk to you for a minute, because um, a lot of you guys that are out there, um, you, you want to be married, you want to have a relationship, and um, I want you to know that as a single guy, you are called to pursue a woman. You're not called to sit back and wait. I know so many guys that are single that are like, man, I'm just, I'm just single and I'm just waiting for my spouse to come to me. The reason you're gonna be single for the rest of your life is because God did not call you to sit there and wait. He called you to pursue your spouse. And let me just tell you something, Facebooking a girl is not pursuing her, okay? If you're Facebooking, can we be friends and go out on a date? Let me just tell you something, you are a loser. All the ladies are like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm sorry, I can't be quiet anymore, but... Listen, Facebooking is not pursuit. Tweeting a girl is not pursuit. You know, uh, you, guys are just, single guys are just crazy and stupid. I mean, a girl walks by and they're like, hey, oh, whoa, uh, uh, you know, and they think for some reason that girl that walks by is gonna go, oh, that guy just grunted at me. I think I'll make him my husband. <laughs> Listen, that is not pursuing a girl. That is not pursuing a lady. Listen, don't, don't show up at our home and honk your horn when you get there. Don't text her, I'm here. Let me just tell you something. If I had a daughter and you showed up at my house and you texted my daughter, come out here, I'm here, I'll tell you what, she would not be going out and I would. And that guy, he would need a proctologist to find his phone. <laughs> and every time he broke wind, he'd be sending a tweet. Listen, man up, go face to face and ask a girl out. Because here's what I know. If you can't do that, you'll never lay down your life for her. You'll never lay down your life for her. Get a job, get a job. I know so many single guys that they just sit around all day and play video games all day, all day long, 14, 16 hours. If that's all you do, man, you need to change. Listen, if you get paid to play video games all day, that's cool. But if you don't, go get a job. Get out of debt. Stop, you know, stop having lustful thoughts and, and doing all this stuff that you're doing with the internet. Listen, this is what I know. There are some incredible, incredible single ladies in our church that love God and their prayer is not, God, please send me a boy who thinks he's a man who is playing video games all day, who is up to his eyeballs in debt and beats it off. I just said beats it off, yes. <laughs> that is not her prayer. 
Man, we need to man up and step up and be committed men of God. Because, guys, let me ask you a question. When, when, a, when a girl, if you were dating a girl, if, would she say, thank you, Lord, for sending him to me? Or God, why me? Or God, why me? Because it's our responsibility as men to lead our homes. It's our responsibility as husbands to lead our homes. As singles, it's gonna be your responsibility at some point to lead your home. And that's gonna mean you're gonna have to step up and take responsibility and be the man, no matter what it takes. And here's the problem. A lot of guys, man, this is, this is where we struggle, especially in a, when it comes to a responsibility in leading our home spiritually. Spiritually, for some reason, guys are slacking today. And, I, and man, I'm, guys, I'm coming at you hard today because I want men to be men. And here's the deal. I see a couple areas where specifically, spiritually, guys struggle with big time. One is tithing. They struggle with putting God first in their finances because they think, man, I've got to supply everything. I've got to make everything. And God says, no, you trust me and then I'll meet all of your needs. But instead, we think we got to do it all. And we're wondering why we can never get ahead in life. Second area is, is most guys aren't leading their home spiritually. That means on Sunday mornings, they're at the ball games, they're washing the car, they're going to play golf rather than taking their, their family to church. That's why I see so many women showing up to church toting all the kids without a husband with them because he's not leading their home spiritually. He's not setting the precedent. You know what? That God is number one in our family and I'm gonna lead and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that everybody here knows that this is our time as a family. This is our time to pursue God together. It's our time to make him first in our lives because he said, set this aside for me. It's our responsibility to lead our families. And we will be held accountable for it. In Genesis 3, chapter 8 and 9, uh, it, there's a story of, of Adam and Eve. And, and you guys have probably all heard the story. Basically, there's a serpent who comes into the, to the garden and he says, Hey, Eve, you know, did God really say about this fruit that you can't eat it or touch it or whatever? And she's like, oh, and it looked good and it, it seemed good. And she took it and she ate it and she handed it to her husband. And it says after that, in Genesis 3, 8 and 9, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's just dumb right there, hiding from God. I mean, who can really do that? It says, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? Listen, Eve took the fruit, Eve ate the fruit, Eve committed the first sin, and God held the man responsible. You know what that means, men? It means that we're gonna be held responsible for our families. It means that God is gonna look to us and say, how did you lead your home? What did you do? We're gonna be held accountable for it. And let me just tell you something, man, I don't have this all figured out. I know that I'm supposed to be a professional Christian and this is all that I do, but this is an area where I struggle. Man, it is so awkward for me to pray with my wife. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because she knows all the good and she knows all the bad. And when, I, when you go and you pray with your spouse, it makes you vulnerable. Man, it is something that I struggle with. But let me just tell you, there's no other person that she would rather have pray with her than me. And let me just tell you something. There's no other person, men, than your wife would rather have her pray with than you. Same thing with your kids. Your kids don't want their youth pastor to pray for them. They don't want a pastor to pray for them. They want their dads to pray for them. They won't remember the prayer from the pastor, but they will remember their prayer from their dad. 
And we have a responsibility to step up as men and to lead our home spiritually. And I know we got to fight the awkwardness. We got to fight the temptation to say, you know what? I'm just not comfortable doing that. It just doesn't feel right. And we got to break through that because Jesus did whatever it takes. He laid down his life. He died. We need to die to ourselves and do the same thing for our spouse and for our family. No matter what it takes. The third thing is no matter what you need. No matter what you need. I said this earlier that it's, it's hard being a man. It's just, it's just hard to be a man. It's just, there's some difficult things that, that we have. <laughs> a couple of, uh, about a year and a half ago, when we had first moved here, um, we had this crazy neighbor across the street. And... Um, he liked to go to the casinos and he liked to drink a lot. And um, one night he came home uh, a little tipsy and um, we, we had uh, my friend Matt staying at our house. He had just moved back here um, from North Carolina and we were trying to help him get back on his feet, get a job and all these different things. And, and he was sleeping on our couch and because we had some extra people, we had to park one of our cars like on our grass right in front of our house. And this guy came home and he was drunk and so he wasn't real cognizant of what was happening. And he got really mad that the car was a little bit out in the street. And so what he did is, is he went inside his house and he grabbed uh, a brick and he came to our front door and he threw it at the front door and said, he started cussing out and saying, why in the world are you, is your car in the street? And he got really angry and, and Matt woke up and he's like, oh my gosh, what, what in the world is happening? He peeked out the window and the guy happened to see him. And so the guy went even more berserk and uh, he started going crazy and he went back to his garage and, and, and Matt runs up and knocks on the door and he's like, TJ, you, you better check out what's happening. And this guy went to his garage and gr- gr- grabbed a sledgehammer and came out and started bashing out the windows in our expedition just was going berserk. And, and, and I was thinking to myself, well, somebody ought to do something about that. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, that's, I'm supposed to do something about that. And, uh, and so I got up and, and luckily the cops happened to be in our neighborhood and they saw the guy and they tasered him and he, was, he got tasered like five or six times. It was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember thinking that, man, Man, I gotta go deal with this. And it's hard being a man. It's hard taking some of those responsibilities. But, but check out Ephesians 5, 26 through 30. It says, to make her holy by cleansing her with washing her through water or washing with water through the word. It's talking about as husbands, man, we're the, the words that we speak to her and the words that we speak about her are so so important, so critical, how we're speaking to our wife, how we're communicating to her. In fact, I found this story about a husband and wife. They were at home one evening and, and the wife was standing in front of the mirror and she was looking at herself and, and, and she, was just, she was just going through like every body part. She's like, oh my gosh, my, you know, I'm starting to get a gut. My, my boobs are sagging. You know, my arms are all flabby. My butt is getting big. And, and she turned to her husband and she said, sweetheart, will you say something nice to me? And, and he thought real, real quickly. And um, he just thought about it. And he, he said, he was saying, oh man, what can, what can I say to her? And all of a sudden it came to him. And in the sweetest voice, he said, sweetheart, at least there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. Okay, that's not what you're supposed to say to your wife, but it was the closest thing that I could get uh, to that. But it says that we're supposed to be washing her with water. The words that we speak are to edify and to build her up. In verse 27, it says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And what Paul is saying here is, man, we are to to care for our wives. We are to feed our wives. We are to feed her words, and our our words need to be build her up. They need to honor her. And I I love how 1 Peter 3, 7 kind of correlates with this and really kind of breaks us down and, and really encourages us in this. And it says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, this is kind of crazy here because right here, Peter, what Peter is saying to us is that we are biblically commanded to understand our wives. We are biblically mandated that as husbands, we are to understand our wives. And, and I've had men go, well, I don't understand my wife. I know she doesn't understand herself, but this is the thing. We're to continue to study her and be a student of her so that we can understand her. And I know some guys out there, will, well, what happens when I don't understand her? You die. That's what happens when you understand your wife. Well, but, but TJ, she doesn't understand me. Listen, it's not hard to understand you, dude. All you care about is sex and food. Sex, food, maybe sleep. Maybe sleep goes in there as well. You are not real complicated. Our wives are complicated. But here's the thing. If we will continue to seek to understand and study our wives, we will never get bored of her. If we will seek out to understand why she does the things she does and how she operates and and how we can love her more, we will never get bored of our relationship and stray off to another relationship because we are continuously seeking to understand her. And it says, Husbands, live with, it, with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, I know women that get upset about this, and what it's talking about is if you and your husband were to have a bench press contest, uh, it's not that you're weaker in, in a spiritual sense, it's that you're weaker physically. Listen, your, your husband, for most of you, I know there's some women out here that you can beat your husbands in a bench press, but that's okay, you know, um, majority of the time. And it says, since they are heirs with you, of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. What it's saying is the way that we communicate with our wife, the way that we honor our wife, the way that we treat her with our words will either help our prayer life or it will hinder it. And some of us have been wondering why we're struggling in our marriage relationship. It's because the words that we've been speaking is why we're struggling in our relationship with God because the words we've been speaking, the way that we've been connecting with our wife is not in an honoring and dignifying way. It isn't that way. And, and guys, what we got to understand is that we are very different than our spouse. We are a lot different. We are a lot like this, this drum right here. You know, we're, we're kind of hard, plastic. We're durable. You know, I can kick this and it's going to recover. You know, I can throw this around, and this thing is not going to get hurt. It's still going to function. You know, I can throw rocks at it. It's not going to break it. It's not going to hurt it. You know, I can, I can drop it, and it's going to be fine. There's going to be nothing wrong with it. In fact, you know, you can take two guys who are like two drums, and you can let, let them have a knockdown, dragout fight, and you all know this, and, and one of them, all they have to do is say, you know what, you're right, and I'm wrong. And five minutes later, they can go eat tacos together because it doesn't matter, because we're durable. We just bounce back. But you take two women, and you have a knockdown, dragout fight, it'll be 75 years before they ever talk again, won't it? Because we're different. And women... Women are a lot like this vase. They're precious. They're unique. They're valuable. 
You know, in, in most of your houses, you find a drum like this out in our garage, don't you? Because it's not a really high place of honor. But in your house, where do you have vases? You have them in esteemed places. You have them in places where they can be on display because you want everybody to see how beautiful they are. And most guys, the problem that we have is that we've been treating our wife like a drum rather than treating her like the vase that she is. And we've got to make the switch and realize that, man, the gift that God has given us of our spouse, man, she is precious and she is valuable. And we've got to change how we're reacting to her, how we're speaking to her, because she doesn't bounce back the way that we bounce back. And we need to honor and we need to respect and we need to value her beauty. Now, there's some of you ladies that are out there that maybe you've gone through some, a difficult relationship or you've ended up divorced and you just think, you know what? Or you feel like you're damaged goods. Let me just tell you something. I know we're talking to guys, but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit here. Ladies, in Christ, no matter what has happened in the past, you are valuable, you are beautiful, you are worthy of honor and dignity and respect. Some of you single ladies that are out there, listen, do not settle for a guy who does not value you for who you are. Man, we have got to treat our wives the way that she deserves to be treated with dignity and honor and respect. There's some of you guys that are out there today that the commitment you need to make isn't these three commitments, it's a commitment to Jesus because right now you don't have a marriage problem, you have a Jesus problem because you've never experienced somebody that would lay down his life for yours. And you've been struggling to figure out how to piece your relationship back together. But first of all, you gotta be pieced back together. You've been broken, you've been hurt. And Jesus said, all that stuff that you're experiencing, man, I came and I died so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And this is the thing about Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't nag you there. He doesn't beat you there, man. He lovingly draws you closer to him and says, man, hey, come here. I have a better life for you. Come here. I did this for you. And for some of you guys, he's drawing you here today. And he's saying, you know what? Today is a day that you need to make a commitment to me. Then there's some of us that are out there that, that need to make these three commitments. Not only to ourselves, but to our spouse. We need to say, you know what? No matter what you do, no matter what you do, I will love you and I always will. No matter what it takes, no matter what it takes, man, I will lay down my life and I will die over and over again. And no matter what you need, man, I'm gonna make every single possible way happen to make sure that you are esteemed and you are valued. 
And this is what I know that is, as men, if, whether we're single, whether we're married, if we make those commitments, we will have the relationships that we've always dreamed of. Because everything in our homes, everything in our life rises and falls on our leadership. And it's time for us to step up and to be men and to lead the way that God intended us to lead. Let's pray. Father God, I just come before you and I thank you so much for what a gracious God you are. That no matter what we've done, Lord, that you sent your son so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that there's some guys that are out here today that you, or maybe you're a lady here, maybe this spoke to you, I don't, I don't know. But this is what I do know, that Jesus has been drawing you lovingly and gently for a long, long time. And he's been saying, come on, come on, man. I've got something better for you. I've got a life that you could only imagine of. And you have never made that decision for Jesus. Or maybe you made that decision a long time ago and you walked away and it's time for you to come back. If that is you here today, uh, if you would just raise your hand up real quick and put it down, man, I just wanna pray with you. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, 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 sir, I'll see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? It's a fantastic day. Man, God is doing something in people's hearts. Now there's a second group. There's some of you guys that, that you need to make that commitment to your spouse. You need to say, you know what? Even if you're single, you say, you know what? I'm gonna make that commitment today. That no matter what you do, no matter what it takes, no matter what you need, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to doing those things. And if that's you here today, man, I wanna pray with you as well. If you just slip your hand up real quick. Yes, 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 all over the place. God, we just come before you. And first of all, God, we thank you so much that you sent your son 2,000 years ago to die on a cross so that we can have life and more abundantly. And we thank you that your son lived a sinless life, God. And we just... For those of us that said, man, I wanna make a commitment to Jesus, man, we just lay down our lives right now and we recognize you as Lord and Savior. We thank you that you gave your life so that we could have life. And Lord, we just confess right now that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we accept your precious gift of grace and mercy. And God, we, we ask that you come into our heart and give us new life. God, change us from the inside out. God, as we make this commitment to you, God, I pray that you just transform these people's lives that have said, you know what, I'm gonna make Jesus. I'm gonna come back to him and I'm gonna make him number one in their, in their lives. And God, and I pray for those that made the commitment that said, you know what, no matter what it takes, no matter what you do, no matter what you need, God, man, I'm gonna make those commitments to my spouse. Lord, I pray that you would in, in, ingrain those things in their heart, man, that they would be written in their heart that, that as they're continuing living life and as they're in conversations with their spouse or in their future spouse to God, that they would be thinking about, man, how do I be more and more like Jesus to them? How do I sacrifice and, and love that person as much as you love the church, man? What does that mean? How can I live that out, God, that we would die to ourselves daily and we would recognize our spouse as the precious gift that they are. And we wouldn't treat them the way that we would treat another guy like a drum, but God, we would treat her with honor and respect and dignity, God, and we would love her for the beautiful woman that she is. God, we give you not just today, but we give you our future. We give you our future relationship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.